You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hot, hot, hike! of Making Monsters. If you've been following along this last few weeks, I've had several guests on and we've been kind of answering some of the questions involving the Bears roster. Today, I'm joined by Greg Braggs. Obviously, you know him. He does Bears coverage for CHGO Sports. So, Greg, thanks so much for hopping on with me. Yeah, appreciate you having me. And I, I, I as I'm dialing your number, obviously, um, I lived in the region for a long time. So that 219 area code is very familiar with, uh, very <laughs> familiar to me. There you go, region made all day long. Maybe, <laughs> hey, maybe the maybe the Bears are the regional put in a bid to have the Bears move here, like in the early '90s again. I know it was funny because when those few things were going on on Twitter and everyone was like, "Heck no!" I was like, "I'd be kind of down for this." Like my family lives in the region. I would just have a, like a little short drive over to the stadium and an yeah. easy ride home. <laughs> yeah, got plenty of space in Hammond. Let's, I know. Let's, let's do it. And you can still you can see the skyline from across the water in Whiting. So if it's <laughs> you absolutely can, yeah. I'm all for it. All right, Greg. Well, obviously the question this week um, is a revolved around which players that we think have the most to prove this season. And I think there's many ways we can go with this. Obviously, I, I also put it out there that it's aside from Justin Fields because I think that is one that most people would automatically say because you we all saw glimpses of Justin last season, Greg. But sure. I, I think we're we're hoping for more. And obviously, they, they did a lot this offseason to kind of build around him, and that's with the offensive line. That's the addition of DJ Moore, um, Robert Tunyon. You know, even though they lost David Montgomery, they added other pieces to that running back room to help Khalil Herbert. So there's a lot of positive things on the uh, offensively. So what to you, when you're looking at Justin Fields this season, what would he have to do to really prove to you to at the end of the season, you're like, okay, this is it. This is our guy. I don't have to worry about this. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's at that point. I'm much more patient than others. I mean, the way he showed his ability last year to make plays and then also to be able to carry a team that had one of the bottom-of-the-barrel rosters last year really proved a lot to me, his toughness playing through injury multiple times. I mean, to me, he's already proven that he's the guy we don't live in an in a era anymore of very much patience when it comes to quarterbacks with mm-hmm. football. And it, it used to be much different. And now we need that instant gratification. And, and so I, I'm, I'm curious to know what the fan base needs to prove it, or even more importantly, what the, the coaching staff and the front office, I mean, obviously they had an opportunity to take a quarterback if they wanted at number mm-hmm. one and move on from Justin right here this year. If they, if they, had so choose, obviously that wouldn't have been a popular decision, and they didn't do that, mm-hmm. uh, rightfully so, in my opinion. But, you know, to answer those questions, it's like, uh, to me, obviously the passing game is where he's going to have to make another step. 
but at what level will the front office pick up his fifth year option is the biggest question, yeah. you know, because they do have two first round picks next year. So how bad would he have to play for them to consider even taking a quarterback with one of those two first round picks? I mean, to me, he would have to play pretty poorly, yeah. you know, and then, you know, so I just don't see any circumstance where he's not the guy for another couple of years plays that through his five years, and we see where the dust settles. Obviously, the passing game is where he needs to make the most improvement, but that's a that's a unit, you know, um, that's a team sport. So the offensive line and the wide receivers have to do right by him. Obviously, they didn't do him very many favors last year. But ultimately, I think this team will be able to move the change. Justin's going to do what he's got to do, whether it's, through the air or on the ground with his legs of his own. And they obviously have a good rushing attack. They they were one of the best in football, even outside the quarterback running the football. So, you know, they're going to be able to move the chains. They should be able to put points on the board. How many wins does that equal? Hard to say right now, mm-hmm. but I certainly think it's going to be more. I mean, my expectations for this season are seven or more wins, anything below seven, and I'm going to be very disappointed. And it'll be interesting if that were the case why that was but I I expect this team to win a minimum of seven games that's where my expectation level is at yeah Greg and I think I'm right around the same area it's interesting because when I one of the arguments I make to anybody who was was putting up a fight with Justin Fields and saying maybe you guys should go get Bryce Young when that was kind of the conversation and still to this day where we have these arguments with people on Twitter but one of my main things that I've said yes they won three football games eight other football games they were within a score of and like you said with probably one of the worst the worst surrounding offenses when it comes to offensive line and weapons especially towards the end of the season when they're playing without Darnell Mooney uh, so it, it's when you look at that and you're like, all right, that's 8, 9, 10, 11 games right there where the Bears were in or won, um, and then he didn't play two games. So 13 games of the season were whether Justin wasn't there for the two or – very winnable games, and I think most of us can go back and point to certain game, certain factors in that game. Was Justin perfect in these games? No, but were there a lot of moments where he put this team on the back and did, their back and did exactly what he needed to do? And then what a mass, uh, you know, a missed pass interference call against Chase Claypool or a wrong route ran by Equinemia St. Brown. And I think we could all point to these things throughout the season of really what was the the main issue, and it wasn't Justin Fields. So I, I think we all look, uh, the mo- majority of Bears fans are on the same page when it comes to that. I think it's more of the outside or, and like you said, it at the bottom, at the end of the day, it matters what the coaches think. And the coaches at least have some confidence in Justin because they had the chance to go get somebody else, and they didn't. Instead, they decided to build around him, uh, which is exactly what all of us were shouting for. So, Greg, let's jump into this. So offensively, outside of Justin Fields, who do you think has the most to prove this season? Well, I mean, I think the low-hanging fruit and the easiest answer is Chase Claypool. So I, I, I would go, you know, I'd, I'd try to flip the script and, and go with Darnell Mooney. Okay. Um, you know, everybody's talking about Chase and everything he's up to and, and how fast he's getting the playbook and all that stuff. But to me, they both are in a similar spot as far as being in a contract year um, and not having good years last year. So having things to prove, but with Darnell, it's different because he's coming off a pretty bad injury, mm-hmm. uh, one that one that can affect him and how he runs routes and his speed. So when you talk about what he has to prove, not only does he have to prove 
he's worth what 15 million a year you know i know that what sport track put out as a potential you know a uh, um, number for him you know that's that's being paid like a number two mm-hmm. and is he more of a number three or is he a number two he's a very good wide receiver yeah. he could be even great he's, he's put up 1200 yards with the bears and and uh justin fields a couple years ago when matt Nagy was running the offense so we know he's capable but now when you talk about what he has to prove he has to prove he could do that again in this offense with wide receivers that are going to get the ball around him outside of him he's no longer the number one like he was two years ago and then also the biggest thing is he has to prove his health and his condition because we haven't heard much from him this off season you know he's obviously rehabbing and and you you hear different rumors of how close he is but ultimately until he gets on the field we're not going to know how much this injury has affected him and how long it's going to take for him to get back to 100%. So when you talk about that in a contract year, that's very concerning. And I like Darnell Mooney a lot, and I hope he sticks around. But at the end of the day, it's a business, and he's going to have to earn it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that we saw the the picture circulating recently of him just look looking super beefed up. But like you said, that's that, that doesn't explain how fast he's going to be, how quick he can run his routes and all of the things that go into that position. And we were kind of hoping because people know we saw what Darnell Mooney can do in that number wide that when he's in the number two wide receiver spot. We saw him absolutely excel through that. So we are hoping that that combination of adding DJ Moore and then having uh, Darnell Mooney be able to just settle into that two and not have to be that the the true one guy especially at 511 I love Mooney too I'm rooting for him big time um and like you said I think Chase Claypool is in this conversation because the the bottom line is people are saying wow the uh, that's probably one of Ryan Pohl's um few screw-ups that I've seen so far if this season doesn't pan out the way that people are hoping obviously because it ended up being the 32nd pick and that could have been another pretty Pretty good talent that the Bears could have added there. But I personally am giving Claypool another year. I know last season was just kind of weird when he came in. I heard so many things about Luke Getze's offensive playbook being, you know, harder to understand and harder to really catch on to. So he had to do that really quickly. And then by the time I felt like he really was adjusting to that, Mooney went down. And uh, so, well, kind of- I mean, the, the thing about it that is interesting is they have more invested in Chase Claypool than Darnell. Darnell Mooney wasn't brought in by Ryan Poles. Mm-hmm. So let's just take the injury stuff out of it, and let's just say for the sake of conversation that both guys have similar years, similar production. They both had success in the past, but let's say next year they both have similar production, and you can only sign one, one. of the two. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you could sign two, but more than likely they're only going to sign one of the two. Having two first-round picks, I think we're all dreaming more so about Marvin Harrison Jr. than we are a quarterback. <laughs> and so, sorry, one of these guys is going to have to go. Mm-hmm. And they're more invested, this front office, in Chase Claypool. So all yep. things being equal, if they have a similar production year, it's going to be a tough decision for Ryan Poles because he's going to want to back up the move he made last year to acquire Chase. Yeah, which obviously uh, adds a little fire under the both under both of them. But my actual answer for this, because I did have Chase Claypool kind of in the same area as you, where I was like, that's a, a very obvious one. So I had to go Cole Komet, another guy for me that I think um, obviously contract year coming up. I, I want to say the projections for him by some people were saying like a four year worth 13 or so around that area. Um, Cole Komet, I, I, I love Cole too. Also, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so that adds on to that side of it. But I, he, I feel like he's progressed. Last season, we were kind of shouting 
saying this time last year that, okay, well, we need to see touchdowns because we saw zero the year before. And he stepped that he stepped that part of a uh, part of it up. And that's even with, you know, an offense that wasn't scoring a ton, uh, but he was able to get in the end zone and get some touchdowns. And was it the yardage maybe you'd like out of Cole Komet? No, but I do like the improvement that I've seen through Cole. And I do think, like you said, it's another player that's just kind of looking at a contract and what that can, what that can look like for what the Bears will be able to afford. Yeah, I mean, he had the third most touchdowns of any tight end in football last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, now, granted, he was one of the few options this yeah. team had, especially when <laughs> Mooney was injured at one point. Claypool was only half, here half the year, and he was injured a couple times. So options weren't really plentiful <laughs> yeah. for Justin Fields. But at the same time, third most in the league is third most in the league. Yeah. Now you go to this year, you bring in Robert Tunyon, yep. and Cole Komet is known for his blocking prowess. And I've seen a few people have their concerns. Can Chase or can Cole Komet duplicate the season he had or even add on to that and have a better year? And it may be difficult because now you have DJ Moore and you've got Chase and Darnell Mooney and you've got Robert Tunyon, and there's just so many different options for them to, you know, move the football is he going to get the same kind of numbers? So I don't know if Cole Komet is in contract negotiations. I'd assume he probably is Mm -hmm. with the team. If, If he was, I would strongly consider taking, if there was a fair offer on the table right now, I, if I were him, I would have strong consideration in taking that before the season gets started. And then you, you kind of lose some of the risk going into the year as far as production or even injury. Yeah, definitely. Or even getting overshadowed, like you said, by all of the weapons that have been added. Uh, all right, Greg, now let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. I think for most people, a lot of the the bigger concerns this season have to do on that side of the ball, more importantly on the defensive line and pass rush. Uh, so, But uh, we do have some players out there that have some things to prove whether that be because they are in contract years also or whether that be because last season things didn't look so well. Um, There's a lot of ways you could go with this. So who is your defensive guy? Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite there's a few, but I'm just going to go with the easy one because it is it's obvious, but it's obvious for a reason. Jalen Johnson, Mm -hmm. it's a huge prove it year for him because he's obvious he's in a contract year. I think he considers himself one of the top corners in the league. I I, personally, I like his game a lot, but if you listen to Matt Eberflus and what he you know, identifies as his value in this system, he wants takeaways. Yeah. He wants guys that are going to make plays on the football, and whether it's because they don't throw his way or just because he hasn't had the opportunities as much, he's not getting the turnover production that I think Matt Eberflus you know, wants as a qualifier in that position. Now, that doesn't mean he's not a very good quarterback. He absolutely is. But now that you have some help around you this year added to the defense, they had no defensive line last year. The fact that the secondary was even able to hold on for dear life in last season alone was a miracle in and of itself. Um, Ten ten sacks from the defensive line, a franchise record low in Chicago Bears history just from the defensive line. A safety led led your team. team (laughs) So it's hard to harp on production from your secondary, but at the same time, it's a business. And Mm -hmm. we saw how Ryan Poles handled the Roquan Smith negotiations 
Roquan was a very productive linebacker, and they offered him a contract. Yeah. David Montgomery, very productive running back. They offered him a contract, but they didn't move off their number. Yeah. So if they have a particular number in mind for Jalen Johnson, the only way he's going to get the ante upped up is by being productive, getting turnovers. So he's going to have to step up in a big way if he wants to stay in Chicago and, and get paid here, like I hope he will. Yeah, and I think there was a point last season where we were looking at Jalen and a stat was going around that was saying, you know, he wasn't targeted in coverage as the nearest defender for, I think it was like two two or three consecutive games and things like that. You say like, cool, that's great. But we also, when you're looking at Eberflus's defense, he likes certain things and he likes those those tallies in that takeaway area. And when you're not getting those, maybe sometimes that's not really shining out to him. Um, I, I'm interested. I, I like the secondary. I'm pretty confident in the secondary. And I do think that guys like Kyler Gordon are going to take another step up, especially now moving him inside and having Tyreek Stevenson added to that, the, the, that group. Um, I think it'll be fun to watch. But it is. It's an important year for Jalen, and especially when it comes to that cornerback position, Greg. I think that they they are a little pushy, uh, a little more pushy than some other positions when it comes to making their money. Uh, so it will be interesting where Jalen lies and where the Bears lie when it comes to that those contract talks. So that was uh, one of mine also. But I, I'll go with Travis Gibson uh, as mine then because I think that uh, a couple seasons ago we saw – a lot we seven sacks from Travis and I think it, it, he only had started towards the end of the season um he came in later and we were kind of we were all shocked we're like wow where has this guy been why hasn't he been playing this whole season because he came out and immediately was making an impact um on that defensive line and then all of a sudden last year I felt like it kind of just fizzled away and like as you mentioned the the sacks were almost non-existent the pressure was non-existent the the run defense was terrible, which are all things that we are kind of, I think, still throwing question marks up with. But with Travis, I think this is just such a, it's a year for him where he really needs to step up and be that guy. Maybe even, maybe if you're not the vocal leader on the defense, at least do it by being able to get to the quarterback. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I like Travis a lot. He's a really fun personality. I've, I've had some interaction with him at training camp last year, and, and I really am rooting for him, but he would be the first to admit it wasn't a good year. Mm-hmm. Now, how much, you know, if you get into the excuse train, is like how much of a trickle-down effect. You have no oh, yeah. interior pass rush. You don't have, you, you just don't, the linebacking core was non-existent. Mm-hmm. You know, Ro- Roquan gets traded. You bring in Jack Sanborn, and he's, kind of is lightning in a bottle, but it certainly isn't to the level of what your linebackers are this year. Like we mentioned, a safety led the team in sacks. So now you bring in some rookies that are hungry, excited to see what those guys got. 
but you know he's got to step up this year as now a veteran on this team. He, you know, it's 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 uh, you know it's uh, rubber meets the road time for Travis. So I think that's definitely a good option. I have a few honorable mentions here because I posted it on on Twitter asking you know some of the listeners, followers, Bears fans, um, what their thoughts were of who they think have the most to prove. And so I'm going to throw some of these names at you, and you tell me what you think. A lot of people actually said Khalil Herbert. What are your thoughts on that yep. one? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, something that's kind of gone around with Cleo is that he, he can't block. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I curious. I, I tried put as hard as I could to push back on this. I know there was a few specific highlights where that was on full display, as if no running back has ever been beat, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I understand the stigma around him as far as his blocking needs to step up. I think he's one of the better – I thought he was a better running back than David Montgomery last year. I. I became kind of the the CHGO, you know, uh, hater of Montgomery, (laughs) even though I have a lot of respect for him. I just, when I looked at the way Khalil Herbert ran the football, I thought he fit better with his team. So I'm rooting for Khalil to have a big year, but there's no question. You bring in Roshan Johnson, you bring in uh, Dante Foreman from the Panthers, and now you've got a, a good room but a highly competitive room on who's going to get the rock because, you know, they're only going to share the carries so much. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a big year for him. I mean, when you talk about cornerback, wide receiver, running back like we have here today, all three positions were, were drafted. You know, they mm-hmm. brought in young guys. And you can say whether or not they're replacements or not, but it's an insurance policy at the very least. So these guys got to be on their toes and be ready to take – what's theirs, or you've got people behind you ready to replace you. Yeah, and um, you can say that pretty much for the offensive line outside of Nate Davis, too, all uh, Bears draftees, and that's two of the names that people would say, Braxton Jones and Tevin Jenkins. I think that Braxton Jones obviously struggled big time earlier in the season, really seemed like he was starting to settle in a little bit. Um, It's hard to really tell because the line was just so bad and beat up, and there was eight, nine different formations of the offensive line by the end of the season last year just because of everything that went on. Um, And then obviously Tevin Jenkins, I think most people are confident in Tevin Jenkins and what he can do on the football field but the question is can he be on the football field right and that's unfortunate and he's had back issues and that's a terrible thing to have if you're an offensive line especially an interior offensive lineman where the contact happens right at the snap of the football uh you know and then when you also take into account the what i would consider rocky relationship he has with the coaches and what his place is on this team and some will say oh that's you know just a made-up story by the media you know created last year I would push back on that I mean it was clear he wanted to be a tackle in this league they said no you're going to be a guard it if I had to guess he didn't love that very much Mm -hmm. and but he embraced it to his credit as you should you're getting paid here you know you got to just do your job at the end of the day but then when the season gets going He's splitting reps at guard last year, and they asked Matt Eberflus, what is it going to take for him to hold the position down full-time? And he said, when he has good Wednesdays at practice. So that's really calling out your guy. As as good of a player as we all uh, know him to be, and and there's grades out there by PFF or whatever you want to say, that that grade him as a very good offensive lineman, but that's pretty – that's a pretty uh, strong remark from your head coach during the year. Now they bring in Nate Davis, like you say, and they say, okay, Tevin, you spent all year learning right guard. Now we're going to move you to left guard. I mean, 
it is what it is, but that they're showing you kind of what they think of Tevin. Like, hey, we're going to move you around. And you got to do what you got to do. They're not treating him like he's their cornerstone piece, or mm-hmm. he wouldn't be moving around the line like he is. So he's got to certainly prove it. Obviously, he has to prove he can stay healthy, which. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak any negativity into existence, but I have my doubts that he can make it through a 16-game season. If he does, this offensive line will be solid this year. Mm-hmm. So Braxton Jones, uh, you know, quickly, I, I, to me, I, I like Braxton, but from people I trust that understand the offensive line and defensive line play better than I do, guys that have been in this league, they have their concerns about Braxton Jones. We were just talking to big Steve Edwards, who played on the offensive line for the Bears? He has his concerns. I talked to Corey Wooten, uh, you know, at times on our show and privately, and he mm. he wants to see more strength from Braxton Jones. I think for us as Bears fans, we just like that we found this diamond in the rough. You know, Ryan Poles found a diamond in the rough in the fifth round. And he played all year, and you know, is this becoming a Charles Leno situation where his best ability is his availability, availability which yeah. is which is very important in this league, but you know when you're a when you're a left tackle guarding your franchise, you know protecting your franchise quarterback, you also want him to not just be a, be available, but be a very good player. Like it sounds like Darnell Wright is going to be on the right side. So he's going to have to step up as well, no doubt. Yeah, and to your point with Tevin, it's interesting because you have it in the perspective of, you know, like they they just kind of moved him around because they don't really have faith that he is like that one particular guy. And then other people are like, well, they move him around because they know he's one of the more versatile guys on the line and kind of can play whatever. Um, So it's interesting because it it is, and this year, the, the mindset of where we were with Tevin this last season compared to the press conference he had a few weeks ago. Last season, he was... Was like no I'm a tackle you know like I'm here to play tackle and that's what I've done and da, da, right. da. in that press conference the few weeks ago he was like I feel like a guard now and I was like okay so he's kind of at least accepted the fact that he kind of has to do if he wants a job in the NFL he may have to do what the Bears want him to do which may not be that tackle position it looks like and then so another one uh, Greg before I let you go and this one because a lot of the ones we talked about are more about okay are these guys going to be starters on the roster or are they going to uh, really work for their contracts but this guy is potentially working for a spot to be on the Bears roster in general and Valus Jones. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I'm uh yeah, I think Valus has a spot on this team. Um uh, I always want to keep seven wide receivers on my roster mm-hmm. and then they end up keeping six. But I think they kept seven last year. Uh I, I yeah, obviously Valus has to prove a lot of things, especially holding on to the football. But he finished the season very strong. And yeah. you know, this this league is about speed and he has it. He's so he's he holds he holds down kick returning. Can he hold down punt returning? They're saying they're going to give him another shot. They said that at minicamp. Uh, he finished the season last year strong as a wide receiver, doing some different things. They had it took an end around right to the uh, to the house, a yep. jet sweep, whatever you want to say. Uh, he had a nice you know pitch and catch from Justin Fields where he came underneath the football you know crossing a defender about 30 40 yards down the field so those were some bright spots mm-hmm. that he can build off of going into this year obviously he's going to have to have a big camp there's only one football but at the same time i mean i think Chase Claypool is a candidate for a guy that can do some motion in the backfield but there was a couple times last year where they motioned Valus Jones as a decoy essentially and then Justin Fields kept it the other way and he walked into the end zone. Oh yeah. And that, that like you need to have those kind of players where 
you can respect him or not as a fan, but the defense has to take him for account. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bayless has that kind of speed. When he's motioning in the backfield, you got to take account for what he's about to do. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a place for him on this team. You know, special teams, he's a very good kick returner already. Uh, can he be a punt returner? Let's hope. Uh, you know, and then you can take those duties off of some of the other guys. Maybe Tyler Scott gets a chance at that, but – um, you typically would like your kick returner and punt returner sometimes to be the same guy. Not always, but um, we'll see. Yeah. I'm certainly rooting for Bayless, and I think he has a chance to make the roster, and he and he should. Yeah, and I agree. I'm I'm rooting for him too. I think that obviously the the beginning of the season you could tell was in his head for a while, and maybe it's what he needed. Maybe he needed to be benched for that period of time and saying like, hey, okay, this isn't working for you because like you said, towards the end of the season, we were seeing what we thought could be Valus in the beginning of the season. A name, obviously, this offseason that kind of a lot of people are saying maybe will be picked over Valus because of what the way camp went was Dante Pettis, uh, which we saw glimpses of last season and depending how many wide receivers they keep, uh, that's just a question mark. But it is a name that I think he's somebody that's definitely has some stuff to prove in camp just to make sure that he can be there um, in September. Yeah. But Greg, One more, oh, one more yeah. uh, Cairo Santos. We, yeah. we talked about offense, defense, yeah. special teams. Cairo Santos needs to step up at training camp. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always kickers out there. I heard they have a kicker at camp that looked decent. I haven't gotten my eyes on him yet. Uh so I, I don't want to overspeak on someone I've never watched mm-hmm. in person. But Cairo last year missed a bunch of extra points. It was a rocky year. I like Cairo because I think he understands the wind yeah. at Soldier Field. He's had solid seasons. But last year was definitely shaky, especially from an extra point standpoint. Uh, and those are points on the board. So uh, I think if you want to talk one guy on special teams, Cairo Santos definitely going to have to step up. Yeah, I like that. I think that I remember him making a comment at one point last season because he kept he missed like several in a row. And he's like, well, I just had to move the hash mark. I was like, why did it take you so long to figure out you had to move? And he was so far. I want to say he was like super far left. And then he just centered it yeah. and then made the next few. Well, and I was like, OK, put him into a field goal kicking mindset. Yes. As opposed to just and, you know, even though it did take him a minute to come up with that, at least he made that adjustment. Oh, because definitely. we've had a kicker in this city that <laughs> broke all our collective hearts that refused to make any adjustments when it was clear he needed to make some. So I'll give him that credit at the very least. Yeah, that one, we won't speak of his name. Yeah, that one <laughs> practiced to try to hit the post, and that's not uh, where we want the ball to go when we are trying to get it down the middle. But, uh, Greg, thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. Thanks. Yep. Anytime. I'll uh, hop on. All right. Talking with you. Great. We'll chat soon. Yep, bear down. All right. All right, thanks to Greg Braggs for joining me. That was really fun, obviously. Yes, uh, that was one thing, Kyra Santos. I don't even know if I saw anybody say that one on Twitter or on social media, and that's a good one because, yes, uh, we've had our hearts broken by missed field goal, and you do not want it to come down to that. Again, you do not want to have a – uh, some magical run and the Bears get in the playoffs and then Cairo Santos misses an extra point to lose in the first round or something like that. We do not want that to happen, but there are a lot of guys on this team that have to prove theirself, uh, themselves and have uh, 
steps to take. And guys like Jalen Johnson, we've seen. Jalen Johnson, to me, I love him. I, I think that he's really been able to prove himself on this team. But you have to be able to, when you're looking at corners, you want that lockdown corner. You want the guy that, yes, like maybe guys are they're scared to throw at, but they're also finding the ball. They're locating the ball. They're being able to get those takeaways and really force things like that to happen, whether you peanut punch it or take it out of the air. Um, but you do want those things to happen. And then there's other guys like, obviously, Chase Claypool and Braxton and ones that really uh, did it, disappointed at times last season, maybe saw some glimpses, but you really want to see them take that next step. So this season has a lot of a lot of things to prove, a lot of people that need to prove things, and that's including Justin Fields. So it'll be really uh, it'll be really fun to kind of watch this through camp and see what this roster looks like on September 10th when they kick off, I believe it's the 10th, um, when they kick off against Green Bay, against Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, against the Bears. And this is going to be just such a, like, stressful game for me because you obviously don't want to lose to the Packers ever. But now that it is Jordan Love and it's going to be his few start, second start, whatever it may be in the NFL and uh, there, there's a lot of question marks on their offense, a very young offense. So there's things that they're trying to figure out also. So if you can just like come out hot and th- this roster is like something that you're confident in and the offensive line, something you're confident in, it could be it could be fun. And, and as Greg said, like a lot of us are expecting seven, eight wins. And if they don't hit seven, eight wins this year, it's going to be disappointing. Other fans are saying I'm seeing on Twitter 10, 11, 12 wins because of the way the schedule lines up and because of the step that they're expecting Justin Fields to take, but it does revolve a whole lot around Justin Fields. And I also think it does revolve a whole lot about what this defensive line, how big of a step, if any, did they take from last season? Because I do believe the linebacker group is greatly improved. I think one it's going to be one of the best linebacker groups in the NFL, and I've said that previously, but the defensive line, not so much. So how much can the secondary and the linebackers really help bulk up that defensive line, and can they you know, build their confidence up there? Guys like Travis to start getting pressures, getting sacks, getting to the quarterbacks because it's a passing league, and we've got to do it. Uh, anyways, that is another episode of Making Monsters. Thanks again to Greg Braggs from CHGO Sports. Uh, obviously, he uh, covers the Bears for them. So thanks so much for hopping on with me, and I will catch you guys soon. This is another episode of Making Monsters. Taylor Doll. <laughs>